0: Okay, so how are you doing?
1: I'm good. Um, as you may know, I'm in Indicade, uh, so I'm in LA, uh, so I'm like, I've been up pretty early and um, relatively speaking for LA, and it's been cool, it's been a cool trip, uh, very eye-opening, um, got to show my game to a lot of people, uh, and that's been really quite satisfying, it's, it's, it's been showing really well. And it's interesting because it's the kind of game that doesn't normally show particularly well in big events. It's kind of like, you go in, you, you sort of have to submit to its atmosphere and to its mood and um, in a big noisy sort of convention, festive space, it, it's, there's a certain, um, that, that intention is somewhat compromised. But I brought some really good headphones that kind of envelop the sound and tune out of the sound. And the screen is, is it's like a 15 inch laptop screen, so you sort of zero into it. And the context of the festival, it's like the only game of its type in this festival where all these other games are like really different and, and really cool in that, in that they're so different. So I think that's good.
0: Do people play it in its entirety?
1: It's interesting they play I always start them from the top they ask is this a demo version I'm like no it's the full version and I always I I basically take them from the beginning of the game because I think dropping them anywhere in the middle of the game they would have trouble finding their the context because at the beginning of the game it kind of teaches you the game and it um, sets the mood it sets the scene it kind of gives you a bit of a a mission to, to go in so yeah everybody starts from the top they play for about 15-20 minutes I have a headphone splitter So that if somebody comes along And they want to watch them They can listen to the game I have another pair of headphones So um, yeah 15-20 minutes They they get into the hotel Maybe they find a few things Or they find one or two things And they're like Okay I got it I I got the vibe And then we sort of I tell them that it's out and stuff And then they go their merry way What did I say about it? General response has been really positive positive in that um people have basically said people who don't know what the game is they i, I sort of have to tell them like oh it's i have to give them a very small kind of pitch uh so i i do my best uh in that um uh, i kind of frame it as mystery it's set in a hotel it's a first person game it's an adventure game whatever when they walk away from it um yeah I think they're really struck by the atmosphere. They they like the mystery of it. They're really intrigued. They like the sound design. I think sound design keeps coming up, which is nice. Um I don't know, they get it. I feel like they 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 even if they don't totally get it, they they want to get it. And the people mm-hmm. who get it, get it. Few people know off peak, and so they're already like, "Oh, I know about your past work. I've been looking forward to this." So, but not as many. Not, you know, kind of of a small handful of the larger um, group of people who have come through, um, but I've definitely made people who were skeptical like somehow the game has managed to to like flip their skepticism. Um, so yeah, overall it's been a real net positive, really good feedback, and and all of those based on all those things.
0: I see it as an almost as a follow-up to Off Peak, mm. as a successor to Off Peak, as a sequel to Off Peak. Yeah, I, I'm not quite sure if I'd say. You're definitely playing the same person as mm. you play in off peak, but you're certainly playing the same person in spirit. You're certainly yeah. in a similar role and doing similar things for what seem to be similar uh, uh, hierarchies and things yeah. like that. Yeah, um, was that in mind? Were you were you trying to kind of we talked about off peak and what we discussed about off peak was particularly not particularly, but something that we discussed was the the theme that runs throughout off peak of this battle of attrition almost between money and art advertisers and performers, mm-hmm. space in a transit station to play your music mm-hmm. and having to get people to actually come and watch you play your music Yeah. and I can see some of that as well in the Norwood suite, the competition for example between who is going to actually own the Norwood Hotel Yeah. the representative for the Red Bull surrogate which is called Blue Moose Yeah. and the conversation that he has with a young musician in the swimming pool about you know leave your band come and sign with me and i'll make you more famous yeah there's there's that running through it did you want to make something that followed directly on from off peak or or did you have a lot of things <clears throat> you felt were new in mind for the norwood suite
1: um i yeah it was sort of a I wanted to kind of vector off from what I had started to say with off-peak, and focus on like the the idea, more things that I'd observed over time. Like I'd started to fact, uh, pr- factor them through the prism mm-hmm. of off-peak in terms of like public space in the city and art and commerce for musicians. And I, I this for me at least in terms of Blue Moose or you know the Red Bull surrogate, that was like the, the the continuation of that like. In an, from another point of view, you know, because I see that. I've seen that. And, and you've probably seen that where you live. Like Red Bull's everywhere. I know people who used to work for companies like Accelerator and Resident Advisor who got hoovered up by Red Bull Music Academy and now work for Red Bull Music Academy. And uh, they talk to me about what they're doing with Red Bull Music Academy and it just made me kind of think about the way and even when Archie was like doing events through them, like it just I, 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 I saw patterns and I saw things and I was like, this is really interesting how, you know, companies become patrons of artists and companies can basically prop up entire scenes if those scenes sell products. And I tried to poke a little bit at that in Norwood Suite, I think more directly than I did in Off-Peak, and in Off-Peak it was more broad, it was more like, yeah, beer and, you know, ads for this and that, but this was more directed at like one entity. Uh, so in that sense, I think it's a continuation of that theme, but done from a different perspective, because then you also have a person representing that company and you get sort of his perspective of why he's doing it and why he's at the Norwood Hotel. and. Um, yeah, it, it's just taking similar themes that I would explored with Off Peak and trying to, um, to take them beyond what what was said there and take them from different angles. I think in terms of like property and uh, prop- like eminent domain rights, that's something that I've been thinking about. Like, you know, you, you you have this this venue and it's sort of under siege and you know it's hot property. Like I'm thinking about that. Like. I don't know. You, you read about this stuff in the paper. You 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 see it every day, um, as, as somebody who lives in a in a city that like uh, you know, is in constantly f- fluctuating in terms of building and development and this and that. So.
0: But you constantly stop short. And one of the reasons that I enjoyed Off Peak and enjoyed the Norwood Suite is because you stop short of casting judgment over what would seem to I think some people or, or to some. Just like a general consciousness seems to be like an easy villain i.e the corporations or yeah the, the the commercialists you 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 pull away from saying that they are responsible for you know quote the the death of art or, or the the commodification of art in fact i think in the norwood suite and i don't mean to kind of tell you your business or tell you what you you've made mm. but the, the game seems to end for me on Peter Norwood himself this figure of Peter Norwood is false Hmm. and all of these people in the hotel various musicians, collectors, hobbyists etc have all become kind of enraptured with what turns out to be the myth of Peter Norwood Hmm. and you've got this dying old man who is a musician that used to work with Peter Norwood and at the end he seems to walk towards you and as if to hug you because it's like you've exposed the myth of Peter Norwood and I get the sense that basically without wanting to kind of talk about the the game in a too conventional narrative sense but I get the sense that Peter Norwood was taking credit for other people's work and that the hotel and and, and other forces it was in their self-interest to kind of perpetuate the story of Peter Norwood but it's actually not true and in the end you've got this elderly musician who finally feels as if that, that myth has been busted so to speak <laughs> and, and he's kind of embracing you at the end you know you, you freed us from this this idea of like the perfect artist the Glenn Gould the Peter Norwood yeah. the, the, the wh- whoever you know you freed us from this from this image of like the immaculate pure hearted artist because it doesn't exist no
1: nah. everyone, everyone's
0: everyone got like a self interest everyone's got a commercial interest mm-hmm. so for me and, and off peak as well ends with you kind of being carried away on the boat by uh, I think they're called the circus or something like that yeah, yeah. Ostent- ostensibly this this pure-hearted, expressionistic cadre of performers who are excellent and and must not be kept in little boxes, but at the end of the game they seem quite sinister. So you've got, (coughs) I think in both of your games, you've got not necessarily a balanced or fair, because I also don't think it's it's clinical or sterile or sort of essayist in that sense, but you've got a a mix of basically everyone's motivations, everyone's intents, and nobody comes out with kind of clean hands. At the same time, nobody's... A villain either you know that yeah artists spin out their kind of mythos to make money or, or to become successful or to be regarded as great artists. companies spin out their mythos to accrue money success and so on so what i'm basically trying to say in this very very kind of prolix way is you write and and the game seem to me produced by somebody who has seen both sides and who is not exactly cynical because I, I i think that there's like a lot of Fervour and like, warmth in these games, but I, you, you seem like somebody who is aware of, basically, like you personally know people on both sides of these, of this dynamic.
1: I do, and I've seen mm-hmm. it, and uh, yeah, I don't really have a direct. Um, I like letting the player sort of decide who they want to side with. I think there's, I don't know if you caught, there was a conversation because you know uh, every every th- the way this game I, I set this game up was that the each play style is because you do things out of order you see different conversations and you might if you go back around you might not see them or if you go back ultimately around you see them all and you see where everybody's sort of wound up and there's a conversation that I think speaks to this most directly what you're talking about in the library the ba- the band member in green Mike is his name. He meets the blue moose woman in who wants the sandwich. And they meet on the balcony. Did you happen to catch that conversation? Ah. Uh,
0: tell me the content of it, and I might remember. It's
1: pretty deep in. I mean you could it's it's definitely a bit of a deep dive, but you usually you find them if you have completed the bands. It's more likely you'll see them if you've completed the bands sort of quest, quote unquote quest line first, and then complete the sandwich quest line because you'll have right. emerged through the top of the library, go down, and you'll see both of them. But he's basically giving her a hard time because her company, the the Modulo Group, has bought out a bar and turned that bar into like a co-working space, and he's pissed because. She has she's basically her company shut down this really nice, cool bar This this like, hip, interesting place that support a lot of interesting stuff. And she shoots back at him like, well, that bar like basically um, made room for a lot of small businesses to for people to like start, you know, and have space to do really smart, small business stuff. Um, and plus, the guy who was who was uh, running the bar was late on his taxes. You know, he had like tons of taxes he hadn't paid off. And if, you know, he just raised the price of beer by a few bucks, you know, it wouldn't have been a problem for him. So it's like, there's this sort of two, uh, that was me trying to frame both sides of the argument, like, yeah, Blue Moose, Modulo, uh, or sorry, the, the band and the scene and, and how vibrant it is versus this development progress. And um, that's where I kind of throw it into the sharpest relief. And yeah, I don't mm. want to take sides. Because I think both sides have their their merits and both sides have their demerits, um, and I think you could get the good and the bad in both. Because and 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 let the the player decide. Well, what side do they prefer to em- to empathize with more? Are they more empathizing with the musicians and the artists in their idealism and in their raw desire to really make something innovative, or are they empathizing with these business people who you know they're kind of like a hive mind but they're also trying to think of ways to empower people to realize their 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 own ambitions in their own work so it's, I I mean this is a a tug-of-war we see constantly unfortunately I think usually the people with the most money win but at the same time you get somebody like a DJ Bogart who is has such a power in his music That he can attract that money through his his talent from a corporate sponsor so again it's i think the game lays it out in a much in the way that i'm what i'm ultimately trying to explain to you here is what the game has i i hope conveyed to you maybe not as succinctly but it's it's all of those things and um i uh i don't take a side i i I don't personally take a side in in li- in my life and I don't take a side in the games and I let because everybody has has an opinion and I respect everyone else's I try to.
0: I I think that thematically this stuff is present throughout the Norwood Suite and and Off Peak if I was to kind of labor a few like metaphors or try and perhaps unwisely pick upon single images from the Norwood Suite that consolidate all of this thematic intent down into a picture. You've got for example, that modulo guy in one of the rooms, and he's dancing, and uh, the the furniture in the room looks like a kind sort of scaled down model of a city, mm. and the city is moving itself, and he's dancing with it, and there's this kind of sense of, um, you know, even in something as, it looks like a kind of business district. It's all skyscrapers and things, and mm. even in something as kind of uh, ostensibly commercial, it's like a business district. There's still art, there's still life, there's still vibrancy. You know, there's no such thing as like absolute. Coldness in the world. Like everything's mm-hmm. got some kind of warmth. Everything's got some kind of energy or, or like humanity, despite virtue. And then you've also got something like, and this is this is me kind of way out in the weeds of like interpretive, <laughs> aesthetic, rubbish. But you know that act of like of making a sandwich, where you you take raw ingredients and you cut them up and in a way kind of bastardize them, but at the end you've got a sandwich. and <laughs> you know that's that's better than just eating like a raw tomato or a plain piece of cabbage or whatever and see what i mean when i talk about kind of going quite far out into the distance there um that's that's like five years of of really really kind of blagging film studies essays speaking (laughs) all of a sudden um but the the thing about your work and and the the reason i i i enjoy it is because this stuff is there right the the, the thematic intent and the, and the the writing about what is going on in in the artistic scene or maybe in the video game scene or in the music scene or in the the, the space between commercial and artistic that is there but you don't strike me you don't come across I wouldn't list you necessarily as a, a narratively driven or, or thematically driven writer Okay, I, what I enjoy about your games, and it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately, in in terms of everything I've been writing or whatever, is you're an aesthetic, lead-driven writer or game maker. I, you know, I enjoy your work because it's this this great kind of, um, you know, bricolage or onslaught, or kind of like din of of images and colors and noises and things. And I think that's where you find that non-judgmental tone because even when they're capitalists, in a in a sort of derogatory sense, or what some people would think is a derogatory sense, your characters look good and they sound good, and they're kind of musical. You know, the speech in the Norwood mm-hmm. Suite is music, and everything in that sort of world in that in that Norwood Hotel, even though some of it is um, kind of worryingly capitalist or or quite kind of gratingly faux artisanal, it all has like a music. It all has a colour. It all has a warmth. And that that aesthetic, your aesthetic, is is what I find most compelling. So, I don't think I really have an exact question, but I'd like to know how you would define your visual style. How would you how how you define that aesthetic?
1: It's um, an interesting question because for me, I I don't know if you know. Okay, I'll just say as an aside, you're gonna hear a little bit of. You might hear some bassoon playing in the background because there's a bassoon player in the in where I'm staying. Uh, That's fine, but <laughs> it <I've laughs> adds to something. Yeah. I don't know exactly what, but that, that feels slightly appropriate for the. It is. It feels like the right thing to to have yeah. in the background. Yeah, I would define it as driven by of day and light I, I think it's a light driven aesthetic I, I, and I'm kind of shooting from the hip here in how I talk about it because I haven't really f- reflected on it but like people I, I've sort of been t- telling people about it and people have been asking me about it at, at IndieCade. I mean like it's kind of mid-fi it's not low-fi it's not high-fi it's like mid-fi and when I think mid-fi people have been like oh this really reminds me of like games made around the 2000s I think that's interesting observation because like those were sort of seminal games for me, like the the Deus Ex, we've talked about this, Deus Ex, Thief, System Shock 2, like those games did what, those games I think subconsciously are in my, my uh, decision-making process for the aesthetics of these games because uh, that was when I was a teenager, that was when I was, you know, the technology had kind of crossed over from pixelated you know, six, four, like moving past pixels to high resolutions and actual textures and um, 3D spaces. And that was like my seminal time and within the computer gaming landscape, not the console gaming landscape. I was not a console gamer then. I was, I was like a, specifically a computer gamer. So all of that looking glass stuff and all of the, that, that era of the sort of emergence of the immersive sim in its first wave I think that affected me and the look of those games affected me so uh, aesthetically games that are dark or uh, express a darkness have a have you know strong light sources to them um really reinforce the time of day that they're set in so like late at night or in the golden hour in the case of off-peak um, mid-fi um, yeah i I think those things inform my aesthetic uh, more than like any specific architectural style or any specific artist or art style like those like i kind of pick and choose from like art styles i like like in off peak it was sort of these mid-century polish circus posters and then in norwood suite it's mid-century classical music album covers album lp Mm -hmm. art so it's like or or like jazz mid-century jazz like Saul Bass style art and like penguin mystery book style art so it's like I'm kind of picking whatever I f- want to pick for that I, in terms of the actual pieces of art in the game uh, and messing around with those whatever but in terms of the overall tone yeah I'd say early 2000s looking class immersive sim meets like try to be as relatively modern as I can using whatever you know tools in, in the Unity's box I can to not make it look dated. Like it's I'm not mm-hmm. trying to look low-poly. I'm not trying to look dated. People have told me that the look is dated or the look looks like it's set in a certain time or it looks like a certain time or it looks like Thief or it looks like whatever. I'm not trying to make it look like anything other than it. Um, but I do think that there's a subconscious reach for like the, the the aha moment that I think games had in the two, in the early 2000s and whether it's intentional I can't say I don't it's think it's intentional min- it's definitely not a minimalist aesthetic it's kind of the opposite of a maximalist it's it's def- that's a term it's maximalist yeah i mean maximalism is definitely a music thing i mean people right. use it in mo- music all the time um yeah i would say it is maximalist but like Compared to Dishonored 2, it's not maximalist. It can't be maximalist to the degree that AAA games are maximalist. I mean, those mm-hmm. games are real maximalist because they can afford to be. Mine is like maximalist within a, a shoestring budget. <laughs> it's like, do you think it? Do you think it? Is
0: visually, aesthetically designed around your music? yeah I think the music has a bearing on how the game looks
1: absolutely i should i should i forgot to mention yet that yeah it's like uh, it is the Im- image it is the 3d image in- imagining of what the music is trying to convey cuz as I, I as I've, i think i've told you earlier like i got into this because i wanted the music i was writing to have a world to exist in i wanted to create a world that the music could um like the music was soundtracking a world in my head, and now I'm making that world. What does that world look like? And you know, based on my own limited technical artistic ability, what, how, what is that world? How can that world look true to me and true to what I want to say? And I think this game, even more than off-peak, is, is truer to that world. Partially in, because this game is more of a solo Music venture, you know those tracks in Off Peak were Archie. It was more, you know, we all kind of played our part. This is all, just everything was me for this, and uh, I think for that, it, yeah, the music informed it, and it informed the music. Uh, everything was more interconnected, and and then you even see it in the in the secret passageways of of the hotel, like their piano walls. Like it's, it doesn't get much more directly referencing music than I think a lot of the things I did in this game. I didn't know that, I actually thought that it was it was Archie
0: Pelago who had done the music for this game as well. I didn't know it was all yourself exclusively. This
1: was all me. Because you, and, and there was no, um, there's no horns in this. All the horns, yeah. are, because those were, the other guys were the horn players, um, but there were no horns.
0: What did you have in mind when you were writing, well actually, what comes first, the, the music or the game?
1: I think in this case, the there, were, time. there were a few tracks, like the, the track that you hear when you're going up the hill, and uh, the track where you're in the kitchen, and the track where you're in the pool, that were sort of existing as sketches on my laptop that I would slowly turn into this, and then I was making this with those tracks in mind, and then I was like weaving those tracks into this, so yeah, it was kind of music first again, it was, it was vibe music first. With this general sense of like, I want to make a, ho- a game set in this hotel that kind of reminds me of the Catskills, upstate New York. Yeah. See, v- vibe is
0: quite a sort of full word. It seems it seems the sort of the central world, the kind of body of the spider, when you're talking about the Norwood Suite. Mm. It's a game that is, I think. Kind of born out of a desire, it seems to me born out of a desire to capture vibe it's, mm-hmm. a, it's a game of vibes or about a certain vibe and yeah. I don't think that the vibes that it's shooting for are particularly abstract, I don't think it's it's trying to I, I tried to, I was trying to explain it to, to somebody else and trying to explain what it was that I thought was interesting about how the game looked. And I said that what it does is in big and expressionistic and kind of like faux filistic or faux physical anyway, big colourful ways, it captures quite tangible and relatable Almost common experiences. So it's it feels there are entire sections of the Norwood suite or off peak entire rooms in the Norwood suite that are dedicated to capturing that feeling of sitting in a bar at two in the morning listening to you know a jazz record and smoking a cigarette. Or there's an entire room that's dedicated to uh, I don't know like being on the beach or, <laughs> or in a car or you know just that feeling of being with friends and, and maybe semi drunk and talking about songs. You know, there are entire sections of the hotel that are committed to, to just, even if it's for like a fleeting second, just reminding you of that time yeah. in that place with those people. Yeah. So I, the game seems to me, or, or the aesthetic style again, to go back to that seems to me, using lots and lots of images to, to really, in a sort of like Proustian rush way, capture these things that you've done in your life, these little moments that you've enjoyed. What do you think, do you, do you see what I mean?
1: Yeah, I do. I, I, I think that there's something to be said about simple pleasures. And yeah. Yeah, there's something right. to be said about, you know, I, you know, I, there, it's weird. I, there was, weird, I've had memories, there's a memory that I'm, I'm thinking about where I'm in a cab with my father. We're going down a New York City street this may have been even before I moved or I I wasn't in the city long. And we're going down the street and he just looks at me. He's like, man, look out the window. Look at the lights, the way they're just hitting through. the Like, how cool is this? Like, just, it's kind of a misty night. We're driving down the street. It's like kind of late. There's not a lot of traffic, so we're kind of zooming. And he's like, how great is this atmosphere right now? And I'm like, yeah. How fucking great is this? How great is it to just soak this in and just enjoy this purely from an aesthetic experience and from a feeling, like a feeling feeling? My dad was a saxophone player in high school. This was in the early 60s. He lived in working class Bristol, Connecticut. That's where he grew up. Um, His father worked in a factory in Bristol. They made widgets. This is before ESPN came to Bristol and revitalized the city. Um, his mom was a school nurse. So he kind of came from this uh, pretty blue-collar, mid-Central Connecticut background. And I think he, his father, my grandfather was a violin player, um, also came from same long generation, Central Connecticut, kind of blue-collar, had five brothers. He was going to go, his grandfather was going to go to music school in Boston, but he could not because it was 1928, this is my grandfather, I think he had come of age in in that era and had to stay in Bristol and kind of work the family business. My my father, he, it was not cool to play the saxophone in 1964, Um, but he... uh, he, he said he was good <laughs> he said he knew how to say. So I feel like there was like these thwarted I, I come from that side of the family's like thwarted musical opportunities and um, I don't know I feel like my, my pa- they could have been they could have taken their music further and I think that's where I get it from but my dad did and to this day maintains this sense of like joyous wonder at the simple things and um when you talk about like rooms that are devoted to just sitting at a bar and having that kind of experience, or looking out the window at a beautiful mountain view, or having a meal and just savoring how good it is, like, that's, I think that's a universal feeling of of joy, and, um, I don't know, I think that's something I wanted to capture in each of the rooms of the Norwood Suite. Or the wonder when you enter the Grand Central Station, or even last time I was in London, the wonder I got from arriving in Victoria Station, like, oh my god, look at this space. Like fuck.
0: see, this that's interesting to me because I when I play both of these games off peak in the Norwood Suite, I I feel like they are almost uniquely American. <laughs> right? There there are not to talk about myself too much, but there are experiences like your memory with your father in the taxi that they bring to the, the foreground of my cerebrum and I, I think of you know getting uh, uh staying up late in this, this hostel I was staying in in, in Berlin one time or I, I think of uh, arriving into Heathrow Airport in the early hours of this kind of misty morning and smoking outside with friends and things like that <laughs> but it seems to me when I and I did often stop and kind of look out the window of the Norwood Hotel it seems like a exclusive not exclusively but a, a, a fundamentally american collection of sensations and experiences i think jazz music is a more american thing than it is a, a british thing i think i think just the, the i don't know there's something about the colors the speech patterns the the kinds of people that are in these games who seem to me american and i you know and i'm not saying this is I, I don't use this as a um Hope it, you know I hope it doesn't sound like I'm talking about this as like it's a shortcoming. I actually think it's it, it makes the game better. It gives me this great sense of of like a national identity or, or or what it feels like to be in a specific place. What do you think?
1: I think there's a certain desire to i mean I, I try to write what I know and I try to be authentic to the places I'm trying to represent. So if that to you seems particularly American or particularly rooted in a in a geographic characteristic, that's fine. I mean that's to me. A, uh, You know, I'm, I'm writing from the perspective of somebody who's lived in a capitalist immigrant city uh, of, of people kind of pushing and trying to get on top of one another in their lives. I've lived in that city for, you know, 15, 16, 17 years at this point. And so, yeah, I, it must rub off on, rub off on me uh, consciously or unconsciously in terms of, yeah, just taking in simple pleasures um taking in this sense of wonder or this sense of, of joy at like just vibing out in a room or thinking about that. Like I think that comes from even the act of making the sandwich. Like my my dad really likes the doing that. I like doing that. It's like I wanted to give the sort of joyous satisfaction of this almost stupidly mundane thing like making a sandwich like who gives a shit but I don't know there's I also think there's a satisfaction of having gone through the labor of making this multi-layered very tasty uh simple and relatively affordable thing and the fact that it's a pretzel bun is like a nice touch um I don't know, there's a certain, again, a satisfaction in that simple pleasure of making this simple thing. And it also is a nod to, like, baking bread in Immersive Sims, like Ultima 7. Like, you could bake bread. What? Okay, cool. It's a, it's a, it's a thematically appropriate thing. Um, I can't speak to whether any of that is, is distinctively, uh, has a national sort of character to it, but um, it, it's, it's true to who I am and it's true to where I come from. I'll just say that.
0: I think it's the. Um, there's maybe something about the diversity of geography in America that doesn't transfer. Well, I don't think doesn't transfer that doesn't apply in Britain. So you talk about the Catskill Mountains in upstate New York. So I'm, um, you know, I'm not quite sure on the mileage, but presumably within driving distance, you've got somewhere like New York City and then mm-hmm. a mountainous region. You know? Yeah,
1: the Adirondacks, the hill. I mean, it's not like the Rockies, which are just these huge, they're like the Dolomites. But it's it's like, um, it's definitely, yeah, it's just, it's mountainous. And it's, I think that it's, in the game, it's a bit exaggerated. You don't have snow-capped peaks, but you do have these like rolling hills and you know, massive uh, striking. And it's only a few hours, it's like one or two hours north. Yeah. You see i i I don't feel I mean you
0: have that sensation in in the uk you know you can leave a city drive for a couple of hours and uh, you know you'll be in the countryside or you'll be at the coast or something but it's like every coast kind of looks similar the countryside kind of looks similar it's all of a certain altitude and color whereas in America you've got you know the midwest the south the it, it look it's a
1: very different look because it's a much bigger country right you so can sorry. yeah landscape can change quickly if you go in a certain direction yeah, for sure and walking around the Norwood
0: Hotel or the name of the station escapes me in Off Peak I don't know if it's even given a name but when you walk no name yeah so when you walk around those places and the, the, the whole place is changing from room to room to room and you've got people from they're from such almost such different parts of the country or such different parts of the the region that they seem almost like from different countries This there's this sense of of um what might you call it like the multi vocalism uh that's to me screams America you know so many different people so many different landscapes so many different almost like political systems in one whole uh and that, to me, is is the the, the the kind of window onto like an American national identity that I think the the game gives. Do you? I, I don't know if to kind of almost take it smaller and ask:
1: Is this a game that's inspired by New York? I think it's inspired by New York, but now I'm also thinking like you can't help but but acknowledge current events and just being mindful that there's so many people out there who are kind of casting themselves in in a um, not casting themselves but I think right now we're hyper aware of each other's differences and um, I think while I was starting to make this game I was more like mindful of of differences and and New York being multicultural I tried to give all the characters kind of unique skin tones and um, try to give different characters different sort of body types and clothing and I I tried to really and I that's not just because I wanna be uh, uh, overtly big tent in terms of how I represent people it's more like well that's how in real life you find public spaces Mm. people look different like Mm. in New York you go on a train You have people from all walks. You go in a station, all walks. A hotel, even in the Catskills, you're attracting people from all walks. It's not about, like, one type of person from a socioeconomic background or from from a specific, you know, cultural group or whatever. It's, like, everybody can get there. It's relatively accessible. And, I mean, this is, like, off the beaten track, but it's not, like, it's not an exclusive place and it doesn't exclude anyone i think that's the ultimately the thing about my games i do want to say is that like they are for everyone like people who played this game at the festival some were young kids some were you know th- th- there were a mix of guys and girls playing it was every you know people from all walks literally all walks and i and i want it to be these games to be as um, as inviting to everyone as possible that's part of the reason why I make it so that the avatar in the game is that person they are that person Um, there was one interesting piece of feedback I got from Off Peak from a tall person who played it was that they felt short and that was weird and so I'm thinking to myself hmm I'm not gonna make this game feel like the if you're a tall person you don't feel short like i want to make that so the camera's a little higher and it wasn't just to please that person it was just to to be mindful that like i want to make a game that everybody can sort of relate to and so when they see everyone in the game they they all look a little strange maybe and not even you know probably in the uncanny valley but um it's a reflection of of what you would find in the city and i think that's a reflection you of me just wanting to come from a place of, of inclusivity, also come from a place of, well that's how, that's what you would see in a hotel like this anyway. Like it's a truth, ultimately. It's, it's how it is in, the, in places like this. In, in I can't speak to, um, you know, certainly a city like um, Hong Kong is going to have predominantly people from Hong Kong and, and Chinese people, but in, in a city like New York, you get a mix. And that's what I know, and that's what I want to express there's a as
0: much as I think there is a an Americanism in there, and maybe a New yorkism there's a universalism in the sense of simple pleasures. these are things that we've all done and we all enjoy or are likely to have done and likely to have enjoyed and it's not a game that uh I don't think you you necessarily have to be, sort of, interested already in, for example, the world of Glenn Gould, or mm-hmm. in the 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 combat between art and commerce. You know, it's it, I don't think it's uh, appealing to particularly niche intrigues. But I also think, I also feel like, and and this is maybe a personal quirk, I also feel like it's not, there's like a quality <laughs> when something is not for everybody. Not in a kind of ethnic exclusionary sense, in the sense of being an acquired taste, in the sense of being um, slightly niche, maybe uh, idiosyncratic. I, I enjoy things that are not for everyone. Even you know, even if they're not for me, if I play it and think, well, this isn't this isn't something that is for me, but I can see the appeal that it has to these people or to whomever. I relish that, and I, I get that somewhat from the Norwood Suite. Because let's be frank here: this is not a game that's got mass appeal in the sense of Call of Duty having mass appeal, in the sense of Mass Effect having mass appeal. And this is a game that is idiosyncratic it's a game where I not compared to off-peak but to what you call the adventure game tradition or the the point-and-click game tradition is is a mechanically not limited but economical game Um, it's not something that is an easy sell you know I I couldn't sit here and tell you necessarily what the Norwood suite is about in the same sense I can tell you what Grand Theft Auto 5 is about do you see what I'm saying and that's oh, yeah. that's one of the reasons that I find it worth talking about because it's it's difficult because it's layered because it's it's there are things about it that that require words
1: in order to explain. What do you think to that? Yeah, I think that is. I knew that going in that this was gonna be. You know, I I, I feel like or it speaks to what I was saying about it. yeah. It's a game that I want to be. If if somebody gives it a chance, they'll feel like they I, I try to make it legible. I try to make it relatively parsable, easy to beat or beat quote unquote um but I also know that, yeah, of course it it's not for everyone in terms of how it conveys its its ideas its how what it, its aesthetic is not for everyone it's um music is not for every, no, I mean, it's, it is what it is, and people are going to connect to it, or they're not, um, but I didn't make the game with the intention of only appealing to certain people. I never made the game trying to represent one t- type of person. I certainly didn't make the game as a way to represent myself. I mean, I kind of did in a sense that I'm in the, a lot of my character, and my personality, and my, sort of values and and, and uh, ideals are in the game but I didn't make the game to say this is just for people who like these sorts of things this is for people who like adventure games I made the game so so that as many people could give it a chance as possible and as many people could digest it as like I tried to give them a pretty big I tried to make the hooks as big as I could for for anyone whether or not these people pull the hooks whether or not they even care whether or not they look in even the direction it's really up to them but I certainly didn't make the game knowing I never thought of it as having limited appeal or a wide appeal I always just thought of it as being a an honest statement of purpose based on things that were on my mind Um, and whoever is into it great whoever isn't into it that's totally cool you know, now that both of these games are out, you know, Off Peak's had some time, and now this. Um, again, I don't. Really, again, I don't take judgment on the characters in the game. I don't take judgment on who plays the game. I don't. None of the. I just. It is what it is. It will land. It lands where it lands, and it affects people how it does. Um, I'm just really happy that that it affects people who want to engage with these issues on a a level that that I'm trying to. So I'll take what I can get, to be honest. (laughs)
0: It's a good way of putting it. I think that's how a lot of people in games at the moment feel. Um, A lot of the people I've spoken to this year who are working or have worked on things of an equitable level of visibility and marketability is the Norwood suite. Their attitude is similar. Uh, which I'd take as a a fairly not troubling but ambiguous representation of affairs I think there's a kind of there's an inverse dynamic though right? where the the more to me the more intensely personal something is the more it's not necessarily sat down and written like I'm just going to talk about myself for, for five hours and people can play if they want but the more that you try to stay Authentic to things that have happened to you, that you have seen, that you have felt, the more appeal, the more it speaks to people generally. It seems like the more that you you know deal with only things that have happened to you, it'd be the, the other way around. You you you'd get smaller and smaller, but it doesn't seem to happen. I think that the reason that the the Norwood Suite is is so worth my time or your time is is because it's, it's, it's focused on things you've seen and done yourself.
1: And I, yeah, and I think that, like, I hope that people find a relatability in the act of making a sandwich. I mean, I like it. I like the satisfaction of making it. I think people who've played it, well, I'm curious, what was your feeling when you made the sandwich? Did you feel a sense of... of- of satisfaction? Did you feel a sense of, oh, this is funny, or, or did you feel a sense of why, what is this for? Like, what, what was your, je- yeah, what, what was that like for you? Do you mean
0: <laughs> make the sandwich literally or in the, in the strung game. out metaphorical sense that I referred to earlier? Do you mean make the sandwich in the sense of playing the whole game? Or no, I mean
1: just the act of
0: making the actual, it. Like the actual bit in the game. Where the bit
1: in the game. Like, what, how did you respond to that as, as a player? Uh,
0: it's it was satisfying in a quite straightforward way, i.e. Um, I've got a, a a sort of penchant for seeing things neatly stacked, and I like solid, reassuring sounding machine noises. So when you kind of bring down the like the clunky sandwich cut it goes, and, then goes, and you've got something that's very neatly and sort of symmetrically sliced that to me was enjoyable i like looking at that and i'm i'm like you as well i i, I have a it's almost fetish for kind of circa 2000 video game graphics and the ingredients of that sandwich look like they're from the kitchen of half-life <laughs> you remember, know, do you remember yeah. that do you remember that section in yeah yeah anomalous materials level in half oh that's you, you go yeah and, you go and mess with that guy's casserole in the microwave. Oh it man! Kind of reminded me of that. So, in that, in that, again, like aesthetical sense, it was very pleasing. In the sense of, you sit down to a video game, and in in all kinds of abstracted and varied and differently worded ways, you're doing mechanical and and sort of processional things in order to get a reward at the end. Mm-hmm. Even if it's you know, it can be as grand as destroy the dragon in Skyrim to become the hero, or it he mm-hmm. can be, make somebody's sandwich, and they'll tell you a piece of information. <laughs> so it was it was good to see that kind of um, paraphrase down to something that's very relatable. It was, yeah. you know, it, 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 it's the process of playing a video game reworded into something that you've actually done in your life. It's like shaving in heavy rain. You know? <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, I... I and, I, and referring back to how I described it at the beginning of this episode, if I was asked, you know, discuss the theme of commerce versus art in the Norwood suite, 2,000 words, it's something that I'd may, maybe bring up. So it's interesting that you, that there are so many, not to even label this metaphor even further, so many layers of <laughs> this sandwich. Um, but I, I, I forget what the, the point of this was. Basically, it 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 it's peculiar how something quite so pedestrian can evoke so much when framed the right way
1: yeah that's yeah and that's kind of what where i'm coming from with this it's like context framing th- this act of doing this thing um to me it's it's it feels like um it's it's not going to be <laughs> people are going to be like is this is you know sandwich simulator the game it's not it's it's just a it's a thing that you do it's a thing we all do it's a it's you know if we want to make our own meals like that's okay and um have it in a game like have it be this this odd simulationist thing a little bit nod to a sim um I just I thought that would be fun I, I guess I just thought it'd be fun to have as a it's, it's just so blatantly mundane. Like, amidst all this surrealness and, and this, as you say, bricolage of, of art and, and music and sound, it's like, no, you're just making a sandwich. Like, just keep grounded. It. It's like grounding everything. It's like you have these high, the, the, the sort of all these high level ideas about commerce and art and music and artists and larger than life people and this cult of personality around these. The, the dj and around norwood and uh, and all that but no at the end of the day you're just going into the fridge you're pulling out some lettuce and you're making a sandwich like and it's and that's enough like that's that act is that keeps it focused and that's or keeps it grounded and that's why it's uh again going to my idea of making these a game like this relatable like I want it to people of any stripe, of any background, to relate. Oh yeah, I've made food before in my kitchen. Oh yeah, I've sliced bread. I mean, I haven't used that kind of slicing machine, but I know what it's like to make make a sandwich. So it it speaks to like yeah, I get that this is surreal. It's that the concepts are somewhat abstract and 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 it's moody and it doesn't look like the 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 new you know even double A game by any stretch, but. You can make a sandwich. Like you can relate to that. We can. We know what that's like. Uh, so that I think that's addressing your your prior question of, you know, no, it's not going to relate to everybody. But you know, it, people.
0: It, it focuses it, I suppose. Yeah, because you've got you've got something that superficially is absurdist and kind of phantasmagorical. Yeah. <laughs> and larger than life. But what the game is also trying to get at, I suppose, is that everything you're seeing and hearing here has a root in reality. Mm-hmm. Right, f- you know, from this conversation about if you keep playing the piano like this, you're going to screw up your hands, mm-hmm. to this conflict between you know this abstract and and uh, broadly applicable conflict between commerce and art. This is all rooted in reality, and so it, it oh yeah, it's vital. But you, but you look at those characters in the in the Norwood Suite or in Off Peak, and some of them are. Um, you know fantastically proportioned, yeah, but they all they all seem like people who go to bed at night and who eat and sleep and shout, and it is because I suppose of of having you do routine things like make a sandwich, eat slices of pizza, um need a ticket,
1: fix the router out. in the hotel, like yeah, 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 right,
0: <laughs> yeah um yeah that 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 cross-section of of the the very big the very broad the very strange the very colorful with the the mundane and the, and the routine and the everyday and the sort of workaday that's what i think is, is the interesting thing about these games is the interesting thing about their aesthetic is is as i said before and as you said before using kind of big pictures and big colors to talk about things that are common
1: and I think there's, a, 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 a sad, again, a satisfaction in the in taking in the big, in reflecting on the larger issues, sitting at the bar, um, pondering, you know, as, as the character of Alan does before uh, Bruce shows up, he sort of, there. June leaves that bar and he's just there alone, like looking at his files and, and sort of, I don't know, were you ever, intera- did you ever interact with him when he was just alone at the bar? Which character was that? This is the father. This is the, the lawyer who every, who's going up against the Modulo group. He's, so I,
0: I think I got as far as giving his daughter some plain sheet music. Right. She went off to talk about, you know, now I'm going to write these advertising jingles. I don't think he yeah. spoke to the father when he was by himself.
1: Yeah. So, uh, and that's totally fine. Like, again, it's, that's something that I knew going in, players were not going to catch all the dialogue in one playthrough, um, but there is this—you know—just him. There's this, even just seeing him there, staring with his drink, alone, um, or I don't even know if he has a drink. I think he's just there with with his files and um, pondering the bigger stuff, whatever he's thinking. And then, yet, the act of see- simply vibing to the music and enjoying the music. Um, the very the enjoyment of the very big, and then the the pleasure in the very small, and and sort of mm-hmm. feeling those two things even at the same time, um, is I think something now upon reflection I'm realizing I, I was trying to get across in this game because like yeah there's a like as a gamer as a like a, a f- objective based game design kind of approach you ha- you're doing all these things you're checking in you're you're giving people the items and it plays a a soothing sound to say nice job you did it Uh, or it rewards you with a new room or secret passageway or whatever like those are all sort of satisfying like instant game gratifying things that Mm. come from just enjoying the process of going from point A to B using a little bit of your own intuition and exploration and curiosity at the same time taking a step back and then considering these bigger picture themes like I that's something that the game I wanted the game to provide yeah the simple pleasures that we experience in our real life and then the bigger weightier things that we ponder when we're just you know staring out the window
0: that as a as a final point right when I talk about having not talks to everybody Having not listened to everything, having not maybe gone out of my way to find every detail in the game, I feel like I I, I did all of the the quote quest lines, but not necessarily hung around to listen to all of the dialogue. And it's because it's that same sense again of of luxuriating, of of being by the the pool, of sitting in the sun, of you know drinking something nice tasting but deeply alcoholic while smoking a cigarette on a summer's night it's that sense yeah. of of just enjoying at your own will and I think that what the Norwood suite has is that that um, sort of profligate of, of dialogue and colors and that the structure of it is loose you know it's it, again if I was laboring a metaphor I think the structure of it is that of an improv Jazz re- rendition or something. Yeah, and the the idea is that the, the, the joy of it to me is is not to, it's to it's to sort of rebel against the typical video game logic, which says you have to stand and listen to every single thing, or else you're going to miss something. And it's it's your job as the player to kind of consume it all, and have it all done, and tick it all off. the The joy of that game of of, of this game is to do the opposite and to sort of take it at my own pleasure and really take it at my own pleasure. Maybe dip out of a conversation halfway through because I feel yeah. like I've got some sort of sense of it and, and yeah. maybe even get like a different sense of it, an inflated or an exaggerated or or, or, or slightly different
1: permutated sense of it by leaving halfway through, you know? Um, That's, it. That's so interesting that you say that because like people who are starting to do let's play videos of the game, like they feel compelled to sit and read the conversations aloud and like sit through them all because they're, they're very um what's the word, um, thorough, they're thorough play test. They're thorough players, they want their audience to experience the, the entirety of it, but I don't know if that's, inti- I mean they can do it like that, but it's not a requirement and it's not something that I, that I necessarily expect of them, I mm. think. It's, it's, it's more of like, well how did you play the game, well I did this first and I talked to this person, how did you play the game, well I, did you get to that part where the two people are talking in the pool actually no I did not I didn't even see it or I I saw it from a distance but I didn't go there it's like all of those things are totally fine and I think ultimately the players um, the players choice in how they want to engage in the conversations if they want to listen in eavesdrop or if they just want to talk to the people if they don't even want to talk and they just want to kind of get blitz through like giving people items and sort of solving it in a more like game centric way, there's no, like in Off-Peak, there's like no wrong way to play it. Like it's, I tried to make it so there was no wrong way to play it and, and uh, try to make it, I mean the logic was a lot gnarlier than in Off-Peak in terms of what happened when. Um, but yeah, like how you played it was cool. Like how it's, like an improv jazz piece, you, every, your choice is the right choice if you do it with intention like you're as a musician <laughs> it uh yeah totally and uh, uh and yeah. I'll, I'll i'll back i'll follow that up with another thing if you're playing and you play with with yeah with intention it's it's right if you make a mistake or if you think you've made a mistake make the mistake again because then you've intentionally made a mistake and then that kind of nullifies your mistake, and it's no longer a mistake, and you, and now it's now it's the right. And I'm not saying it's right according to anyone else, but it's you being right with yourself. Like, yeah, I fucking made that mistake. I'm going to make another, yeah. one of the same mistakes. Bam. Uh, listen to that mistake. Enjoy that mistake, because that is a fucking mistake. Mm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> kind of falling upwards.
1: Yeah. Something yeah. like that. Yeah.
0: It's. It reminded me that the, the way of playing, um, the way of uh, rushing—not rushing, but um, perlustrating through the Norwood suite and picking chunks of it up and putting them down again. What I, it just made me think of is this. I I always thought it was a ridiculous thing for them to do, the French uh, one of the French film directors, Jean-Luc Godard or mm. Truffaut or. Melville or someone like that, and what, the, or maybe it's like Andre Bazin, one of the film critics. Anyway, what they do is them and their collective of friends they run into a cinema, they'd watch ten minutes of a film, run out, run down the street into another cinema, watch ten minutes of another film,
1: <laughs> cool. back out
0: another cinema, ten, you know, and they and, and then they they retire to some sort of left bank cafe and mm. try to through discussion construct a narrative or construct a a consistent message or feeling from this collection of 10 minutes that they've just imbibed. And I was told about this again at the beginning of a film studies course is this is, this is how the, the 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 new wave approach to filmmaking was developed by eschewing typical narrative conventions and mm-hmm. doing aesthetically random things. And it always struck me as a kind of <laughs> slightly theatrical bullshit thing to do that you'd boast to your friends, oh yeah, we're just like, watch 10 minutes of films and run out yeah we're really crazy um, but it, it works in the Norwood suite it, 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 you, you get this really thick and differentiated sense of where you are by just clips and the way that you personally sort of DJ clips uh I don't think i have a final point it's just i i like that structure i like because when you you know you, your games are about big public spaces transit spaces hotels and when you walk through those things you see face 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 you hear snatch of conversation snatch of conversation you know advert billboard siren goes past whatever and you get if you like you could get this kind of holistic like tape of five minutes at euston station this is what it sounds like and that, I think, is, is, is part of how the game is structured, to try and capture that, that i use the word again, bricolage.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll ask you something. Um, are you familiar with Linklater's most recent film? You really? It came out about a year ago. Uh, it's called name? Everybody Wants Some, with like three exclamation points. No, I'm not. This is a film this actually was a bit of an influence on this game um this film is it was kind of a follow it's sort of a spiritual follow-up to Days and confused it came out it was set in 1980 in a college that was um like a texas west texas state college kind of a kind of whatever college deep in texas and and you talk about american Vibes. This was nothing, this was extreme, this just felt like straight up America because it follows this baseball team frat over the course of a weekend before college as they're sort of meeting and bonding. And the, you follow the freshman and he meets this girl and you follow their antics over a weekend. I mean, it's, it's basically like the same plot as Days of Cafuse, just taken to, to focus on this baseball team. And it was really an interesting movie because it was like it kind of talked about masculinity and competition and the way that these people sort of were finding their place in the world they'd go from like a punk rock like early 80s punk rock party to like a weird theater party to like a jock party to a disco to a this and a that and they'd get into trouble and they'd get into a fight like all these different people then they would be back at the frat and they'd be talking about competition it would be the usual link later stuff where he has these people mm. just talking about whatever and i i i was really interested in that when i was working on the Norwood suite i liked the idea of people just talking about whatever but he really pulls it off cuz he's he knows how to get kind of improvisational conversational dialogue talking about specific stuff that also moves the plot you know moves characterization forward etc this movie what I liked about it was like they were all talking most of the movie was them talking to each other about this and that and you as an audience you sort of expect this to be a prelude to like their baseball season and their sort of uh, their tray as a team and they're going to win the, the pennant and they're hoping to get scouted by the the Major League Baseball people and like you sort of you're like they're ge- the movie is almost like gearing up for a, following their arc as a baseball team but the truth is like after two hours it kind of ends it just like ends after this weekend like the, the guy and the girl get together and they kind of start a relationship or it seems like they had a nice night and then the movie's over and, like, mm. all this stuff that they were, you know, and it seems like there's going to be a rivalry between the freshman and the senior who, who's, like, going to either be his mentor or his rival. And the freshman's kind of really talented. He clearly has it. But the movie ends. None of that ever gets resolved. It all happens outside of the frame. So it's, like, what was it, it was really about was, these, was like, this, this group of kids wrestling with their place in the world and with their idea of what is camaraderie what is sportsmanship where what is masculinity what is what does it mean to be a team what does it mean to deal with issues related to you know our hopes and dreams as as in in their case artists or sorry athletes artists or athletes who want to take their athleticism as almost a a kind of art because they they revere this such and such great player from that era I don't know uh to me I love that I love that the movie just kind of like Focused on like one thing, these people, and then it ended. And all this stuff that it kind of alluded to, you never see it. Like it could have been a, an 18 part series on Hulu, but nope. It's just one movie, it's just these people, boom, very specific. Do you feel
0: like it's. It, I wonder if it, to me, it feel like um, not to try and pin a capital T, capital P, the point onto anything. But it's like uh, sports season, the rivalry, things like that aren't as important. They don't matter as much so much as what these people think about them. Yeah. How they're going to experience them. Yeah. And these people... I think someone says, yeah. someone says in the Norwood Suite, this place
1: might get shut down. We'll just go to a new party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Yeah. Exactly. And And again, I intentionally left the res- resolution of the board meeting out of the frame because I was yeah. like that's not really the point. <laughs> mm. It's it, you know whatever happens like I kind of let the player decide in their mind what, what would happen um, and maybe I will allude to what happens in my next game or maybe I won't. Mm. See
0: you see that that to try and in a, in a pedantic interviewers kind of way to try and bring things, not necessarily full circle, but to tr- put a punctuation mark on the end. This is why I think something like the Norwood Suite has an element of humanity, because the game is ultimately less concerned about what happens to this building than it is concerned with how the people in it talk and interact and what they think.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, the, the the Norwood Hotel is, is an important place to them, but it seems like in your heart they are more important than any hotel.
1: See what I mean? Yeah, I do feel that, and... Um that's why i don't take sides i think everyone has you know unless they're like a soulless you know heartless human um even heartless humans you know have have a have a time of reckoning in in that they they must you know consider the people in their lives like i think i talked about this with with you last last when we spoke but like people who people who are how do i say this most people that we know who that aren't like sociopaths or you know have emotional issues that they're struggling with they need people in their lives whether it's their parents whether it's their friends whether it's their wives or girlfriends or boyfriends or their students or whoever they people need people people need to i mean they they're challenged by people some would say hell is other people but we need each other like we as 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 a community of of thinkers artists writers we need each other and um you know that's ultimately what i want to get through in my games it's like yeah whatever happens to the station whatever happens to these people whatever happens to the hotel whatever happens to the careers of norwood Uh, or the band or the dude who gets swept up with blue moose like whatever like who are your friends who are who do you who do you love who do you care about and how do you connect to those people and no one's wrong in the norwood suite no one is totally right either they all they all have their needs and they all kind of unfortunately butt heads against one another even the hotel manager she's kind of a jerk but she has her reasons, she has her motivations, and she has a private life, and she, and she has a, you know, a a moment of, you know, when she reflects, and when she looks in the mirror, she, she must draw, she must earn someone's sympathy, um, so, yeah, I guess at the end of the day, it is about the people, and, um, that's, that's what, that's again why I want a game, even though I know this is a strange, somewhat, you know, graphically, you know, this the game isn't for everyone, but it's a game that is about all people. I don't know, it's about people. <laughs> people we might know, or people we might not know. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've said that before, actually, in other contexts, like, this is about people. And, um, I... Just uh, you know, I hope people feel that. And some will, some won't. Some some people just be like, "Yeah, this is this is a weird game, or this is a drug trip, or this the music's they like the music, whatever." But um, maybe there's a, there's enough of the like upholding this sense of you know we try to look for the good in people, whatever whether they're they're. Impressions are capitalist or artist or whatever like I I want hopefully that the good in all people might create a little bit of understanding a little bit of empathy I don't know I don't want to get too like high-minded about it I just I want the game to speak for itself but people first
0: well the game the Norwood suite is available now on Steam you can also find off-peak there as well I would like to thank Cosmo D, Greg Heffernan for joining me on this episode of Bullet Points Extra and we will be back later in the year with episodes on Call of Duty World War II, Wolfenstein II, The New Colossus and Star Wars Battlefront II. Thank you again for listening.